welcome. Glad you could join me in this video. I'm going to be taking a look at, I guess, a takedown of Jesse Smollett and everything that's been going on with him. Remember, there was the filing of a false police report, the conviction. Now we have a docu-series and appeal a year later. It seems like this is a never-ending story. Yeah. I almost don't even know where to start here. Now, of course, this was the Empire show that he was originally an actor on. When I go to the website, there is nothing going on with this. Now, of course, the season ended, then there was the pandemic. So everything, I think, just sort of fell apart with him really wanting to have a nice finale for the series, but that didn't really happen. Even when I go to their website, and scroll down. They've got the characters here. Remember, Jussie wasn't really up there anymore. And even when I check out the Facebook page, there's not really anything there. Yeah, there's nothing there. Then I go back and check out the Instagram page. Not really anything there either. So we're back to just the regular old Fox Empire page, and there's not really anything going on with that. So yeah, it looks like Fox canceled Empire, stammers over Jesse Smollett, as it's stated in this Vanity Fair article, in an effort to clean the house of any past indications that he was ever on their show. Let me know in the comments, were you one of those people who was really into Empire? I was more a power person, but uh, I always heard that Empire was good. Let me know if you miss Empire, if you wish they had kept the show going. So let's go back and talk about this whole history of how this got started, what went on, what he got convicted of and when, because now they're trying to appeal that. In 2019, he stated that he was a victim of a hate crime. Remember the guys with the MAGA hats trying to beat him up or pour bleach on him or whatever. Anyway, it turned out that they were saying, oh no, he hired us. So who is Jesse Smollett? Who are you? And how out of all people in the world did you get to be here? Sitting in the courtroom in Chicago at a sentencing hearing, convicted of faking, hoaxing, racial and homophobic hate crimes. How in the world did this happen? Well, there was this whole back and forth with the court cases on this. I had to write it all down just to keep up with it because that is how messy it was. In January 2019, that was when he told police that he had been attacked. In February of 2019, he was then charged by a grand jury with filing a false police report. Then those charges got dropped for 16 hours of community service, and this was by the state's attorney. But then you had the Chicago city file its own lawsuit so that it could get paid back for all the money that it had spent in regards to this. And then you got a whole special prosecutor that gets appointed to this, a whole new set of charges against him, six, and he gets convicted of five of those. And they all fell under this sort of disorderly conduct label. And now you've got the appeal and the docu-series. Let's look at this docu-series. This is the docu-series that Fox Nation is putting together called Anatomy of a Hoax. And I think it's actually going to be spread out 
over maybe five episodes. So I'll go back to the press release, see if I can pull that up. But let's just take a look at this for a minute. And I'm not going to play it here. You can go uh, to the channel and check it out yourself. But uh, you do have a few comments. This was posted, let's see, ah, just two days ago, it looks like. So this person said, I've said for years that those that file false police reports should do the time in prison that the one they were lying about would have gotten if it was true. Wow. And to just think people were arguing with me when I said that this was fake. Wasn't expecting the alleged assaulters literally spit out my drink. To hear the brothers aside is definitely worth the wait. I will have my popcorn ready at my debit card if necessary because I will pay to see this. He's not his mother's son. I think uh, one of the things he did was to talk about something around civil rights or social justice or something like that. I shouldn't even comment because I can't remember it all. Being from Chicago, the winter is brutal. That particular day was actually a historically cold day called the winter vortex. We all knew he was lying. When I say crime be at an all time low around that time, it's not a lie. I wish he would just admit, take the L and just go back to acting. I can forgive and move on. It's the obvious lying that makes it sad. He should have done town in jail. Those two brothers got nerve. This is great, better than jail. I can't wait for this. The coldest night in 50 years. He's such an embarrassment. He lied. I don't support Fox at all, but right is right. I'll be watching this one. So I do think you have a number of people who are going to be interested in this and to see how this plays out. But let me go to this release that they put out. And this just came out at the beginning of the month. So this is a five-part docu-series featured the exclusive first-time interviews with the brothers. And I'm going to call them the brothers because I do not want to butcher their names. So it says Fox Nation will release an exclusive five-part docu-series, Justin Smollett, Anatomy of a Hoax on March 13th. That's two days from now. And here's the thing. It sounds like it's going to be on Sunday. No, that's Monday. Gosh, I was hoping it could take the place of me no longer being able to watch The Last of Us since I think that season just wrapped up. I'm looking for a replacement. All right. The Blockbuster series will feature the first time ever exclusive interviews with brothers, with the brothers who were part of an elaborate plot to perpetrate a staged hate crime on an acting Jussie Smollett, but have never spoken to the media about their role in the hoax. And making the announcement, Finley said, Anatomy of a Hoax takes a deep dive into a scam that reverberated through the worlds of entertainment, pop culture, and politics. We're excited for viewers to hear the real stories behind the scandal from the brothers for the very first time. In January 2019, Smollett claimed to have been attacked on a Chicago street by two men who's, who were said to have shouted, this is MAGA country, while beating and putting a noose around his neck. After a thorough investigation, Chicago police uncovered that the attack, the attack was staged and that Smollett had hired the brothers to carry out the crime. Now, on the eve of Smollett's appeal, literally just filed this appeal, Jesse Smollett, Anatomy of a Hoax, will chronicle the behind-the-scenes maneuvering and drama that turned the star into a pariah and sent shockwaves through Chicago and beyond, leaving a trail of damaged careers and reputations. The brothers will unravel the details from the planning of the fake crime, its execution, and all that ensued in the aftermath. 
All right, there you go. So if you want to check that out, looks like you need to have a subscription to that because this is an on-demand streaming service designed to complement their news channel service. So there you go. I think quite a few people will be interested in that, in watching that. But here's the other thing now. This appeal just got filed this month too. So all this is coming together now. Now think about when this appeal is being filed. He was sentenced March of 2022 to 150 days. Here it is, March of 2023, and we have this appeal that's being filed. But the other thing here is, guess what? You got to love the state when they put all these documents up here so that you can follow what's going along. Let me open that up so that you can actually see it because that is a good thing when they know that people are interested in it and want to see it. So all I had to do was go download it. High profile cases that are appearing before the appellate court here in Illinois. And you can actually go back and see what had been filed before. We have the order, you have the notice of appeal, and that occurred right after the conviction. Notice of appearance. And then you had the appellant's brief and argument, which, as I stated, just got filed this month. All of this is coming together a year later. And so apparently it's still of great interest. So we're going to take a look at this. It is actually a very long document. It is 102 pages long. And I am most certainly not going to be reading 102 pages. I can guarantee you that. I am going to give you an overview of it. There are, let's see, almost 100 citations in this. Let's just scroll through this. This appeal You've got the points and authorities here listed in the appeal. Standard of review, you can see all of the citations that are included in this appeal. Goes on and on for pages. I counted it, I counted 99. So you have almost 100. I'll say almost 100 because I could be off a little bit. So once you get through, the comments here were now down to the nature of the case. Jesse Smollett was convicted of five counts of disorderly conduct following a jury trial in the circuit court of Cook County, Illinois. He was sentenced on March 10, 2022 to a term of two years of felony probation with the first 150 days to be served as a term of imprisonment in the Cook County Department of Corrections for the offenses of disorderly conduct vis-a-vis filing a false police report. A notice of appeal was timely filed on March 10th, 2022. So literally we are almost a year to the day reviewing this from when they filed the notice of appeal last year. All right, there are actually 13 issues that have been presented for review. And this is all we're going to go through. These 13 issues, that they're saying, hey, the court got this wrong, which is interesting still, this is interesting. He has served his time. The only thing that is remaining is this probation that's listed here for two years. He's already halfway through this felony probation period. And 
by the time this gets heard, he'll probably be even more through the probationary period. Okay, first issue presented for review is whether the state's failure to perform its part of a non-prosecution agreement deprived Mr. Smollett of due process where Mr. Smollett detrimentally relied on the non-prosecution agreement and fully performed his part of the agreement by completing community service and forfeiting his $10,000 bail bond, which has never been returned to him, warranting a reversal of his convictions and dismissal of the charges. So that's the first piece. There was this non-prosecution agreement that they had entered into. He's stating that he completed his portion of the agreement. He completed his community service, which I don't think was even that much time. I want to say it was like 12 hours or something like that, but I don't remember exactly what it was. 16 hours, 16 hours of community service. Of course, he gave up $10,000, which it sounds like he would like back. Issue number two was whether that bail bond forfeiture and the performance of community service in his first prosecution and as a part of a pretrial agreement constitutes punishment, thereby rendering his subsequent prosecution an additional punishment for the same alleged offenses as a violation of the double jeopardy clause of the Fifth Amendment, prohibiting multiple punishments for the same offense. So remember, they charged him the first time then entered into this agreement. He was going to do community service. And then you had the new charges that were filed that went to trial. And he was convicted of five of those offenses. Third issue, whether the unprecedented renewed prosecution was invalid on its face, where one statutory authority was lacking for the appointment of a special prosecutor. Two, the appointment order was vague and overbroad. Three, the appointment of a, of a private special prosecutor was not statutorily allowed. And four, the circuit court judge improperly denied the defense motion for substitution of judge for cause, rendering every subsequent ruling and action in this case null and void. Now, that's a big one because that basically says, well, hey, if you weren't removed, then everything you did afterward shouldn't count if you should have been removed. So this whole idea of the special prosecutor, remember, that's what resulted in that whole second set of charges. So he's saying there was no authority for them to be able to do that. Fourth issue, whether the trial violated his Sixth Amendment right to counsel when it prohibited lead defense counsel from cross-examining the special prosecutor's star witnesses during the trial due to an alleged conflict that was never disclosed or presented even in an in-camera evidentiary hearing. Yeah, so I'm not sure how you even decide that if you never get to know whether or not, if you never get to know what the actual conflict was. What is the conflict? And so someone's saying, hey, well, there's a conflict, but we're not going to let you cross-examine and find out anything about it. We're not even going to do an in-camera hearing out of the eyes of the jury. We're just going to keep moving forward with this. Five, whether the trial court violated Rule 412 when it denied his discovery motion to compel the special prosecutor to turn over notes from the trial for an in-camera review. 
that pertained to the interviews of the special counsel. Then we have reversible error when it barred attorneys from directly questioning prospective jurors in a highly publicized case. Now, it doesn't go into a whole lot of detail here about um, the questions that were asked, but typically they would just be preserved. Um, the objections would be preserved if they made those objections at the time. Number seven, the seventh issue, whether the trial court committed reversible error by failing to give an Illinois pattern jury instruction on accomplice testimony in a case where the prosecution's star witnesses testified to assisting the defendant in planning his alleged crime. I don't know, but I do want to see if that comes up in the docu-series, more information about how the crime was planned. We heard some of this, but I think um, it'll be interesting to hear what the brothers have to say. Number eight, whether the sentence imposed by the trial court was excessive, where the maximum fines were imposed, the sentence portion requiring him to serve the first 150 days of his term of probation in custody was not commensurate with the nature of the crime or mitigation presented in sentencing, and where the crime he was convicted of lacked a victim, which would allow restitution to be paid in addition to the fine already imposed. So he's saying they gave him too much of a sentence because he had to serve 150 days in custody. And I was actually reading other cases that also fell under this disorderly conduct where people had sort of perpetrated the same filing a false police report. One guy had actually hit himself in the head with a rock to make his even more legitimate. And the thinking was in most of those cases, they don't serve any time at all. So he may have a legitimate point here. It of course would be nice when they get further along into the process of appealing this, whether or not he's going to present more information. I'm sure it's further along in this document, some examples of why they think that's the case. And maybe I'll break this down into separate ones so that we can go through each one of these 13 issues. Then number nine, whether the trial court violated his due process rights when it made several uninvited commentaries during defense cross-examination of pro prosecution witnesses. Number 10, whether the trial court violated his Fourth Amendment rights to due process and equal protections under the law and thus committed reversible error by depriving defendant of a jury of his peers where the trial court repeatedly made rulings in violations of principles established in Batson v. Kentucky during jury selection. Number 11, whether the trial court violated his due process by his due process right by allowing Mr. Smollett's Good Morning America video interview to go back to jury deliberations, even though during the trial, the jury only saw a portion of the same interview for impeachment purposes. So that section would probably be interesting in this appeal to see exactly what they're saying happened with that. How much of this video did they get to see when it was given to them as opposed to the portion that they got to see during the actual trial. Number 12, whether the trial court violated his Sixth Amendment right to a fair trial when it restricted the public's access 
to the courtroom during voir dire, ejected a member of the public from the trial for speaking to press and arbitrarily enforced its own COVID-19 protocol. I don't know, you know? Whether Mr. Smollett's constitutional rights to due process and fair trial were violated when, one, a witness testified that the special prosecutor pressured him into changing his statement. Two, prosecutors made comments during closing argument that implied Mr. Smollett failed to produce evidence. And three, prosecutors questioned witnesses concerning Mr. Smollett's post-arrest silence, which is, you know, that last one's sort of a biggie. You have the right to remain silent. And yes, that is one of the ones that he pointed out there. So those are the 13 issues that he's generally bringing forward. Now, like I said before, I think that's all of the different different items I had planned on bringing up. We got to see the news report. We got to see some of the comments and the new um, the new docu series that's coming out. Nothing on the Facebook page. Nothing on the the Instagram page. They no longer have the show anymore. Like I said, the, the most interesting thing I think about this is the fact that it's a year later that they're filing this appeal. It's a year later that the docu-series is coming out. Since his time that he's been released, he has done a few interviews where he has talked about this. So maybe I'll do another video that talks a little bit more about that. But this is sort of where we are. I've given you the background and we're going to see how this moves forward. Because as it stands right now, he has been convicted of this and he has served part of his sentence with this. So we'll see what people think about this docu-series. I may take a look at it. I may do a review on it, see what you think about it. And then we'll go forward with this appeal. So if that gives you some understanding, I don't know why I put those back on. That gives you some understanding of where things are with Mr. Jesse Smollett and Empire and Fox and the docu-series and the appeal. Then hopefully we, you will give this a thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe. Peace.